When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Claw, up against the wall. Can't explain it what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe. USC is 7-5 and five again? Oh, no! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radio Troy Radio, episode 527, coming to you on Friday, December 22nd. We're going to preview the 2023 Holiday Bowl, USC and Louisville, the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, for the first time ever, the Trojans and the Cardinals meeting in San Diego at Petco Park. We're also going to look back at signing day, which happened on Wednesday, early signing day, uh, along with uh, some transfer portal stuff and so much more. Here on this episode, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Reign of Troy, email address Reign of Troy fans com, and our phone number 818 643 7227. Second, what's Bruin Show? I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co host here in the Reign of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Lisa Dertola. Hello, everybody. Hello. We say second, what's Bruin Show because of the phone number, um, little inside baseball and Raina Troy origin story. Um, when we used to record this when I lived out of state, it was hard for us to do it in sync. And, and our friends over at the What's Bruin Show could do their number in sync. Um, and so they did it to mock us and would say, suck it, Raina Troy. So we we just have done the favor back. But we're, we're going to talk about this later. I, I think that the other person who's been saying suck it, What's Bruin Show is, is Danton Lynn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's an understatement. Um I I have to admit this signing day, this season and this signing day have not been the the brightest moments for for USC football. There's been a lot to be critical of and there's a lot to be down on. Yeah. But I will say it would be way worse to be a UCLA fan right now. It would be way 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 worse to be a ucla fan and uh sorry what's Bruin show but uh i am glad i'm not in their shoes even though you know everything's not uh not comfy cozy for for usc all the time but certainly not yeah 
Certainly not. The Trojans seven and five on the season, a season that had a lot of hopes, a lot of hopes for going to the playoff and so much more. Uh, but alas, the Trojans are uh, having to settle for the Holiday Bowl. Uh, but at least it's it's close. You, you you don't even really have to get a hotel. You don't even have to make it a a one night sleep over down in San Diego. But you could be a sleeper over on Daily Sleeper Daily Fantasy, uh, which hosts fantasy prop games, and you can compete for a chance to win cash prizes. The game is simple. For each contest, you're given a pool of props for upcoming games across different sports. You can pick whether each prop will be over or under the given total, and you can choose up to eight different props for a chance at a bigger win. If you want to join in on the action, we've got you covered. Sign up with the promo code FANSIDE2 today. Receive a deposit match of up to 100 bucks Using the code FANSIDE2, all one word, FANSIDE, the number two. Uh, when signing up, not only gives you the great reward, but helps to support this very podcast. So make sure you use the code FANSIDE2 when you sign up. If you're watching this on YouTube, there's a little QR code in the in the lower right hand side right underneath alicia right there right there yep yep there it is uh get your phone out take a little picture um zoom in on the on the the qr code um not alicia probably and go to sleeper and and join uh the offer of course available to new customers who are 18 plus and physically present in valid states please remember to always game responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer um alicia there's a lot to get to in this episode i am looking forward to this episode because this is what i'm someone who likes to listen to podcasts while i drive how many people you think are gonna be listening to this while heading down the holiday bowl hey it might be the perfect length to uh to get you down to san diego if um if our rundown is any depends it, it depends it depends on what what time of day you are driving down to san, san diego and, and that is true and what what the traffic is looking like around pendleton or oceanside san onofre it, it always san clemente it always gets really really weird down there but uh here we go it's gonna be a long episode so we got a lot to get to uh, let's start with the news. By the way, if you are listening on your way on your way down there, send us a tweet. Send, send, hit us up with an email, something. Let us know if you if you're listening to us while you're while you're heading down to the game. Uh, that stuff's always cool to hear. So, uh, let's get to the news, shall we? Hey, Alicia, before we get back to the show, can you give me one quick moment? Are you doing prize picks again? Yes, it's so good. It's the playoffs. It's the NBA playoffs. There's so many good things to do on prize picks. It's America's number one fantasy sports app for a reason. I'm just going here looking for different entries. Look at this. Uh, James Harden, more or less than nine assists. What do you think? Uh, James Harden and the Clippers are out to crush me, so always I pick less. Okay, okay. Kevin Durant, more or less than 28 points? Uh, Kevin Durant is out to crush the souls of Suns fans, so I always pick less. <sighs> Fine. Uh, Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points. Is, 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 that, is that better for you? Anthony Edwards is actually really, really, really good, so... Fine. We can do more there. We're going to go Anthony Edwards more, Kevin Durant less, James Harden less. I'm going to lock it in. And you guys listening can also 
Download the app today and use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. Download the app Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. Download the app today and use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match of up to 100 bucks. And yes, it's available in California. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, before we get to the Holiday Bowl, which I promise we will talk about, uh, we got to start with signing day. The Trojans signed uh, a bunch of dudes, uh, I think 19 signees in the early signing day um, window, which opened up on Wednesday. Uh, Obviously, signing day, if you're you're new to college football, does not end on Wednesday. It's just the day that it starts, but everybody gets it in usually on that first day. Um, Let's talk about the Trojans new players for the class of 2024 um on offense uh led by uh jason sandamela four-star uh offensive lineman only one receiver in the class at xavier jordan a four-star uh tight end walter matthews uh and then three-star lineman makai sana um justin tuanu tight end joey olson offensive lineman uh kololo taga running back Brian Jackson and offensive lineman Hayden Treader. Yeah, this is a, I really like the substance of this class. Um, the offensive lineman in particular, USC has loaded up on offensive linemen who definitely uh, bring really strong size to the mix. Um, the more recent uh, addition uh, to Aga is, is six foot seven. Uh, six foot seven, two sixty five. He's he's got a frame to put on some weight. Sinai mm-hmm. um, and and Tanu are are getting close to to three hundred. Um, Trader Trader is three hundred at least in in his current um, uh, uh, stat. I mean, uh, uh, what he's currently listed as. Uh, that's you got to like the size that USC is bringing in. You got to like the evaluations that USC is bringing in. 
uh, with those with those linemen. Obviously, Zanamela is is the big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the yeah. one that you really need to come in and hit on. Um, but when it comes down to it, USC is very clearly bulked up quite a bit here, not just on the offensive line, but you know, Walter Matthews, the the tight end is six foot seven. Um, so he's a six six seven two sixty five. He's a big dude. He's a big tight end. Um, the running back Brian Jackson is two forty six foot two forty. He is a bruiser. Uh, so it, I think it's interesting and notable that USC has uh, on offense certainly gone with a little more uh, a little more poundage uh, here. And and I think there's a ton to like about this this group. I think it's um, a nice mix of really quality signees in like the top 250 guys in, in uh, Xavier Jordan, the wide receiver, Walter Matthews, the tight end and, and uh, Zendamello, the, the offensive lineman. And then some guys who you can sort of see as developmental prospects as guys who USC might hit on, you know, on, on a few of them and have them come up and not necessarily be surprises, but be, be players that you, you build some foundations around because you, build them up. And I think that's the thing that I'm taking. We'll talk a lot more about about that too with the with the defense, but what I'm taking from this recruiting class is and there is a very valid criticism of the lack of star power in this recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a very very valid criticism of the player, the battles, the specific individual battles that USC lost in this recruiting class as being a problem. There's a very, very uh, valid criticism of the local recruits that USC wasn't even in battles for in the first place coming out of modern day, you know, and, and, and other places. Um, but when you look at the substance of this class, I think this is a very, uh, could be the kind of class that you, you build your foundations upon because it, it hit, it hits every position that you need with the profile of players that you need, the size that you need to really start to build up. And, and what you need from this class is to prove that you can develop. And what I, where I am at with USC and recruiting is I'm not going to stress USC, not getting five stars. If every December we're talking about, this five stars transferring, this five stars transferring, this five stars transferring. And it's not a big deal because they didn't do much at USC anyways. Yeah. Um, so yes, I want to see USC be, be bringing in the five star guys, be bringing in the, the really strong local commit local recruits. That is absolutely something that I need to see USC do. But my, like where I'm focusing on is I really don't care who you add in the recruiting class if you can't then turn them into viable players who who are successful at USC because they have been developed at USC. So what what I like from this class uh, is um, just particularly with the offensive line is this is another last year's offensive line class was the same. This is another offensive line class that is rebuilding a bare cupboard. Yeah. And in 2025 um you i think there's a very real chance that usc starts to see serious growth if uh, on the offensive line if they can bring these guys through have some continuity 
and get them ready to play. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes to be. Like it's it's a lot like the offensive line stuff is the slow play, right? It's the, it's the long game uh, because these guys are probably not a bunch of dudes you're going to see as true freshmen in 2024. Uh, maybe Zendamela can end up playing a role somewhere. I don't know. But you don't well, want him to. You, you ideally you don't want him yeah. to, but like SC's got to replace three starters on the on the line, right? Yeah. Like. And you, we're going to get to the transfer portal stuff, but like the Trojans haven't brought in an offensive lineman on the transfer portal yet. So these guys might end up having to play a big role. So we'll see there. Um, two tight ends, I think is interesting, Walter Matthew, Matthews uh, and Joey Olsen, but it's really three because Walker Lionstein last year went on a more mission. He's currently in Norway, uh, but he's expected to join the Trojans in the fall. So three tight ends there. So SD doesn't get many receivers, only one Xavier Jordan from Sierra Canyon, but Walker Lyons in from Folsom um, next year. Would, I mean, in the fall will be, will be interesting there. Uh, one thing, one thing to yeah. say on the, on the tight ends, because this is the most, I think that's the most intriguing position in recruiting for USC. Yeah. Given, Especially Matthew six, seven. It's a big mm-hmm. dude. Six, seven, six, uh, Um, I think there this is a very good sign for those who want to see USC use the tight end more. Mm-hmm. Um USC is continuing to recruit tight ends and also I, I think they've they've added some some guys who you can imagine not just being like Deuce Robinson ended up just being a wide receiver. Yeah. Um Lake McCree is uh, I think a very uh, a very fun receiving target but maybe doesn't have the ability to be a, a really straightforward, like blocking tight end. And yeah. I think that maybe that's what USC is, is looking here, looking at here with some of the guys that they've been, they've been recruiting um, to bring in a freshman who's, who's already got 20 pounds on Lake McCree tells me that, that they are, they are looking for a little bit more of that element in in the guys that they're bringing in what well, well, uh, Walker, I mean, uh, lions is pretty big too, right? Like, yeah I, yeah, I, I don't have it in front of me cause he was, he was last year, but yeah, there's definitely size there. Um, really quick before we move on to the defense, um, the big omission here is Ryan Pelham who flipped to Oregon big loss for SC because he was someone that, you know, SC certainly valued a local prospect, uh, out of what Milliken in, in long beach. Um, Thoughts there? Like you, you've made the point that SC has more wide receiver coaches than commitments. They only get Xavier Jordan in this group, but Palum would have, would have been nice. And SC loses them to uh, a conference rival. Yeah. You, you can't lose these battles to Oregon and there will be a lot of, um, I think uh, I like the new term that I keep seeing everywhere a lot of copium going on when sure. it comes to the flip of Ryan Pelham to Oregon. And I understand that um, USC Lincoln Riley has made it clear that they want to prioritize guys who want to live and breathe USC and, and, and being at USC and um, my take on guys who flip and uh, guys who don't end up committing to USC is I also want guys who want to be Trojans. Like I think that that is important to me. But 
one of the skills you have to have as a recruiter is to figure out how to convince these guys to right want to, want to be, to be a Trojan. Yeah. And the fact that USC has two wide receivers coaches and it's not, it's not just about losing Pelham at the last minute mm-hmm. to a conference rival. It's about not being in the mix for some other, you know, big, big wide receiver uh, targets in the area. Like yeah. it's about the broader, the broader uh, picture of recruits that USC has lost to Oregon in general. It's not just wide receiver. It's at a lot of different places. Uh, so that can't happen. That is a bad sign. That is a bad way to frame mm-hmm. your signing day. It's why right. USC recruiting is taking a beating right now because Oregon has Connor Morissette wrote a, a really good article on um, usapopal.com just about Oregon is winning all of these battles. You can't, yeah. that can't happen. You need to do better. Uh, that doesn't mean that USC's recruiting is entirely in the dumps. I think that's probably an overreaction, but that's a bummer. And that's the kind of thing that USC should not let happen. Yeah. The, the a lot of frustrations with NIL stuff that that's been noted in the comments. I think a lot of people have been frustrated with, with that and thinking that, you know, SC isn't playing the NIL game enough, but like we talked about on Monday, I think every school sort of talks about that because it's so new. Um, you got to figure out how to do it. Um, and it's so new and, and, and everything that so much is going to change there. The other side of it is, and Oregon, I, I know this is a bitter pill to swallow, but for, for people, but over the lifetime of these recruits lives, Oregon has been the better program. Mm-hmm. Like the the days of just like banking in banking on all the local talent going to SC strictly because they're local and they grew up watching uh, Reggie Bush and everybody is over. Like the the kids who are signing now weren't born. They don't remember Reggie Bush when Reggie Bush was was at USC. Like literally weren't born. So uh, yeah, like the, the the teams that they remember growing up were like the 2015 Trojans. Yeah. What, what, what do you, what do you think of that, that team? You know what I mean? Well, I so. mean, but th- this is also why it, it does stand out when USC loses wide receivers, because if there was one position group over the last 10 it's years receiver, yeah. that I can point to that they should all be idolizing USC dudes, it's wide receiver. So yeah. like in that sense, but uh, no, you're right. Like Oregon has the advantage of, of being, um, just a far more stable program than USC for the last decade. And USC is fighting against that tide and right. they need, they need everybody in, in the ship to be paddling as strong as they can. And um, I, I think that when you look at, at maybe some of the, the recruiting um, stuff that's going on, like it's hard to say if it's a failure of the the people who are out there recruiting or if it's a failure of the uh, NIL landscape that USC does. I'm on the record as saying, you know, the the rumor is that USC is prioritizing transfer portal money for NIL as opposed to high school money for NIL. Yeah. And I'm on the record that I think that's a reasonable stance. Um especially if it if like if that was the 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 make or break for a wide receiver. 
I, I think my bigger concern is if it's the make or break for an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, you shell out the money for a high school kid. But for a receiver, yeah, I get it. If, if it's not comparable, I don't know. Yeah, let's go over to defense. Uh, the Trojans on defense uh, bring in Marcellus Williams, cornerback. Uh, Cameron Edge, uh, Cameron Edge, Cameron Fountain, <laughs> edge rusher out of uh, Booker T. High in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Carlin Jones, uh, four-star uh, out of uh, Bay City, Texas. He committed to the Trojans just, just this past week. Elisha Newby, four-star linebacker uh, out of, of Connecticut. Uh, there's uh, Marquis uh, Gallegos. Um, Desmond Stevens, who is a linebacker, listed as an athlete, but linebackers probably where you're going to end up seeing him. Uh, there's Jide Abasiri. We've talked about him with the great name. Wonderful name. Abasiri uh, from Prior Lake, Minnesota. Uh, he's a three-star. Uh, Jarvis Boatwright, um, safety. Alicia, you know what you know what that means, right? <laughs> Starboard is back, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the worst nickname in the history. It's of no, nicknames. it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> not. It's not. It's not. Okay. It's not. It's not. Okay. Uh, Braylon Conley, uh, corner, uh, three-star corner out of Humble, Texas, uh, and then edge rusher Lorenzo Cowan out of uh, Savannah, Georgia. Uh, that is the USC class as it stands right now. The Trojans ranked twentieth in the country, and you know, not. <sighs> Not where you want to rank uh, if, if you're USC, knowing the ability of this program uh, the last 25 years, right? And, and the re- really since, what, 2003 that we call the recruiting era when all the websites kind of sort of go back to have strong data going back to 2003. 20 is one of the historically worst recruiting classes USC has had. Um, but the, but the reality is you're going to be judged by what these guys do on the field. Uh, and it comes down to actually developing them because stars matter a thousand percent. Um, at the same time, USC has not developed the stars when they've gotten them. So find a way to develop your players, whether they're five stars or three stars. Um, and that was going to be the key to, to, to winning if you're, if you're USC right now. Yeah, uh, USC should be expecting to be a, have a top 10 recruiting class every year. Yeah. It's a little bit hard to, to evaluate. There, there may be, to be fair, there may be some adjusting that we need to do as, as sort of fans and observers when it comes to the rankings um, because the the – the additions to your roster every year are you moving the, the field goal posts? No, no, no. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to move the field goal posts. But what I'm saying is that USC can have. I agree with that. Like being number twenty in in for the majority of my life as a as a as a fan would be terrible, which is not good. Um, you want to be top ten, right? But I can stomach being twenty quite a bit more when I know what's coming in the transfer portal, uh, and and like factoring in a 20th rating recruiting class with what you add in the portal and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I think there's a little bit more nuance to where USC ranks, um, particularly with this, with this defensive group, considering that USC 
had a miserably bad uh, last couple of years in in on defense. The staff has been, you know, the the walking dead this whole time, this whole fall recruiting guys. New recruit, uh, a new DV, DC comes in, new staffers come in, and USC is able to pull together the the caliber of defensive class that we have here. And this, the, like the defensive class, I, I really, really like. Um, the the defensive linemen, both of them are exactly the profile of defensive linemen that I want USC to be looking at. Uh, bigger guys for that defensive front because we know that USC needs to 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 bulk up defensively up, up front. Holding on to someone like uh, Cameron Fountain, who, uh, if you don't follow his mom on Twitter, you should. She's she's the, maybe the most diehard like USC mom that I that I've seen around in a, in a long time. And um, the uh, you know keep holding on to Marcellus Williams despite losing Dante Williams, uh, you know having the linebackers that USC has coming in with this class, I really and and the safeties I like. The makeup of this again it's a very it's a very good mix of uh you know you've got four guys who are top 25 guys uh, top 250 guys mm-hmm. uh, and then some really solid prospects as three stars that f- check the boxes physically that check the boxes in terms of potential uh that again it comes down to can you develop them yeah and it it it, it all like to me again it's develop these guys and you'll bring in the next tier of recruits to, to get you back up into, into the top 10 of, uh, of, of recruiting um, and develop these guys and then supplement the spots where, uh, where you might've missed with transfer portal guys. And I think you can create a, a winning formula. Yeah. Um, it just comes down to where these guys are at on December you know, 22nd, 2023 is pretty irrelevant to me. It's where they are December, 2025 that will tell me whether or not this was a successful recruiting class or not, because I don't give, I don't care if it's ranked 20th right now, if you have a bunch of really foundational standout starters in this group, when all is said and done. Yeah. When it, when it comes to high school recruiting and transfer portal recruiting, it's a, Porque los dos situation, yeah. I, I think. Like you, you want to be able to do, to do well in both. Uh, you want to go out and find the guys that maybe you you weren't looking at uh, originally and who, who have proven it, uh, or who you lost battles with, or who you had connections with, but you know couldn't convince. What whatever whatever the argument is, someone who you know has a coaching change or, or whatnot. You want to be able to go out and get those guys in the transfer portal. Uh, at the same time you want to be able to build your foundations. I always think of um, Gerard over at usdfootball.com talking about the brick and the brick and the mortar, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want your mortar to be the, the, uh, the high school guys in the sense of like, you want that, like you're, that's the foundation that, that puts everything together. But the, uh, the bricks are the, are the big gets, whether they're the five stars uh, from high school or the, five-star potential guys from the transfer portal. Uh, before we get to the transfer portal, I want to give a couple big thank yous um, to uh, some super chats we got. Dan says, happy holidays, Reign of Troy. Thank you. 
and then we got another one from Funny on MC, which says Merry Christmas to all. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I uh, hope everyone who celebrates whatever you celebrate. Festivus, of course, tomorrow. Hope you're all enjoying a happy Festivus tomorrow. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, Hanukkah's over. Kwanzaa's coming up. Uh, a lot of things going down. Um, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's get to the uh, the transfer portal stuff. Alicia, we talked about in the open. Uh, USC is going to have to be renamed. We we talked about actually Southern Cal. How, you know, remember you know Southern Cal technically means UCLA, right? Mm-hmm. Like Southern Cal. Uh, UCLA's original name was University of California's Southern Branch. So Southern Cal technically means UCLA. I think SC's got to bring Southern Cal back because <laughs> the Trojans are just absolutely just pillaging over in, in Westwood. Uh, the Trojans have gotten two commitments in the transfer portal from two DBs, uh, big names, Kamari Ramsey, uh, the third highest rated Bruin, uh, according to pro football focus this year, uh, safety three years to play. Um, Three years of eligibility left. He had a pick, 40 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and four PBUs as a redshirt freshman for the Bruins in 2023. Then there's John Humphrey, who has one year left, a senior. Uh, This past season, two picks, 31 tackles, three PBUs, a PFF rating of 79, so just one point back of Kamari Ramsey. But Ramsey's got the term, both of those guys solidly rated sc needs help in the secondary absolutely these are guys who danton lynn knows how to use Uh, yeah like why not continuing the tradition of uh starting your academic career at ucla and finishing at usc something that is uh you know happened for decades yeah, uh, and both of these guys, you got to love it because Danton Lynn has had proven results with both of them and uh, having them come in and be able to help everybody else on this defense learn the new scheme, learn mm-hmm. uh, h- how to how to deal with this with this uh, new defensive coordinator and all that kind of stuff, having two guys who are already familiar with it with it all uh, coming in is is big, especially for the secondary. Kamari Ramsey is, uh, you can't overstate how massive of a pickup that is because you don't just get him for 2024. You get him for 2025 as well. Yeah. Uh, he's not just a rental. He's going to, he, he's there for a couple of years to be the foundational piece for this defense under Danton Lynn. Uh, he was outstanding. Oh, he was only downside really quick. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Cutting you off here. I know people don't like when I cut you off. Yes, you get him from 2025. He's got three, technically three years of eligibility left. Only downside, though. He's draft eligible after 2024. So if he's oh, as good true. as everyone says he is, he could he be gone for one. He could be one and done. Yeah. yeah. Well, in a, in any case, there's the chance that he uh, he continues his career. And you, you you get guys who who know what they're about in this system. And I think that's just yeah. that's huge. And you get guys that UCLA didn't want to lose. Mm-hmm. UCLA didn't want to lose either of these guys. UCLA fans aren't sitting like UCLA fans are sitting there right now 
talking about USC stealing all their guys the way that USC is talking about Oregon stealing all their guys. Like, right. It's, it's that's, that's they're nesting dolls, right? Yes, like, it's, yes, exactly. Uh, uh, everyone, everyone's eaten up on, on somebody else. And, and USC is losing to Bonnie Jackson. USC is losing, um, USC's secondary is losing some big names and mm-hmm. have, and they have some big gaps to fill and. And the I think the exciting thing for me here is that you can start to see the defense come together with Akili Arnold, Akili Arnold, and Kamari Ramsey as your starting safeties. Presumably in twenty twenty four, could not be a bigger upgrade over what USC was fielding this year or last year. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, you've got now Kamari Ramsey and Akili Arnold as the perfect guys, in my opinion to to foster and and grow somebody like Zion Branch who you want to see also continue to to come through and and be more and more of a of a feature of this defense to have those guys there to put him under their wings I think it's just going to be it's going to be awesome I'm excited Yeah let's talk about the other two guys SC got uh also from the same school uh it's like Noah's Ark two by two uh two two Bruins Humphrey and Ramsey and then two Bulldogs, Mississippi State Bulldogs, running back Jaquavius Marks, uh, Jaquavius Woody Marks, n- nicknamed Woody, uh, a PFF rating of 82.0, which is pretty solid, 3,108 career yards from scrimmage uh, in his time in Starkville, 27 touchdowns, 573 rushing yards and four TDs this past year really truly an all-purpose back especially under mike leach back before uh mike leach unfortunately left us uh highlighted by 83 catches in 2021 he has 214 career catches as a running back for reference no usc running back in school history has more than 116 all time and alicia welcome this is time for Michael's Reign of Troy trivia minutes. Uh, can you name the, the the any of the the top ten USC pass catching running backs? I've I've amassed a list of ten. I, I unfortunately spoiled who number you one was number to you one, earlier, and so number number one is going to be a treat yes. for the uh, the the folks in the chat, the folks who are listening at home or watching at home. You will get some time to ponder number one as I go through the rest because I'm just not going to say that person's name. Okay. Um, okay. So top, how many, what are we doing? Top 10? Top 10. Okay. I'm doing Reggie Bush. Pass catchers. Yes. Number two, 95. Buck Allen. Tied for eighth with 63. Okay. Justin Davis. Not on the list. Really? Okay. Not on the list. Um. Uh, let's go with, uh, Joe McKnight. Number seven, 66 catches. Okay. Um, maybe it's somebody up from left field, like CJ Gable. Not on the list. Okay. Nope. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, running backs, pass catching running backs. Um, could be something silly like Lendell White. No, not on the list. No. Okay. Nope. 
Um, I'm 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 running short of guys who I associate with with catching the ball. I'll, I'll give you one hint. One of them is think of someone who would have been around for four years. That's what I was trying to do with CJ Gable. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I'm just gonna throw out something. This is not the answer to the four years guy. I know this. Uh, Justin Fargus. No. Uh, surely not an answer to the four year guy. That's he was a transfer was, from Michigan. That's what I was saying. Yeah. That just is the you name. should know he went to he went that to Notre Dame. That was the name that popped into my head. I knew that that. Oh, Ronald Jones. Thank you, West Texas Mike in the chat. Ronald Jones not on the list. No. no. Okay, Jim. Uh, no. uh, Russ in the chat is na- nailed number one. <laughs> yes, Russ in the chat is nailed number one. Number one is Stanley Havili with 116. Yes. Yes. Yes, uh, which I absolutely love. Um, I I think that if like if I would I I was trying to go through this list and think like could I have named how many of the the top ten could I have named? I think I would have guessed Havili or Bush is number one, so I, I I think I could have got it. What about my guy, Bavai Malapai? Not on the list. Damn it. Okay, so uh, of the guys that that you have not named, I think there's only one that you should get. The other ones, I'm pretty sure, like, you, you'll have heard of their names, but there's no way you're getting that. Curtis McNeil? No. No, no. Yeah, I'm going to give one last one before I give up. Okay. Said where? No, not on the list. No. Okay. No. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go reverse order. 10 is Willie Brown, 62. Okay, see, and I knew I was focusing too much on this century. I, I should have gone yes. with, I should have gone with, like, the 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 classics of yeah further back tied for eighth with buck allen is the original number five rodney sermons that's a good 63 catches uh joe mcknight you said at at number seven 66 catches dion schruther 68 catches number five one of my all-time favorite trojans an incredible name a, a name that i loved as a child so much that i named a fake player after him malifa mckenzie oh okay good 76 catches that, that's like that's prince malifa mckenzie prince king what 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 he was prince king something he was something uh, prince sounds right but don't yeah. quote me on it uh number four the one you should have gotten marcus allen yeah that's again i was 79 catches on on the the modern because i was just, yeah. i was sort of putting the modern game with Running backs, pass catcher. Number three, Rod Sherman, 83. Okay. Number two, Reggie Bush, 95. And number one, Stanley Havili, 116 catches. If you're saying he wasn't a running back, he was a fullback. I mean, fair, but like fullbacks are running backs, are yeah. they not? Yeah. They're, 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 he's a back. He's a back. Yeah. Uh, so, Jaquavis Marks, big get for USC, right? I love this. I really, really love this. Uh, what he, what he, what Mike Leach did with him is uh, plug him straight in at USC and, and let him get to work. The other thing I really love about this is when USC went sort of scouting around the transfer portal for running backs, there was a a potential for a a question around well. Does adding another veteran running back mean, you know, you're, you're plugging up the the opportunities for guys like Quentin Joyner and, and Marion Peterson? Yeah. And I don't think that's what this does. I think you can have some coexistence 
in terms of skill set and 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 touches and all that kind of stuff uh between those guys with somebody like Marks coming in uh and uh and and still getting opportunities for Joyner and and Peterson because I just think stylistically there's there's some difference there so uh yeah really really like it um extremely high rated on um on PFF which take it for what it's worth but he was you know doing doing his job yeah I love this idea I I think that they're absolute I'm trying not to read into him too much of his as a pass catcher but I, I love the idea, though I do slightly get worried. Is this just not another really brown situation? No, because he's like it can't be. It can't like be because ten two hundred pounds. Like it can't be because they knew what they were getting, right? Yeah. And then the other the other side of it is he he only caught like twenty three passes this past season. The offense did change for Mississippi State this past year with without Leach, so. Yeah, like I, I don't think that that Marks is a guy whose only value is catching the ball he out of the backfield. That's not the case. Between the tackle, like yeah. he can be USC's RB one running between the tackle. Yeah. Um he's not like a big bruiser. Uh, I, that's that's for sure. But like he's not also undersized at all. Right. Uh, the other guy from Mississippi State, uh, DeCarlos Nicholson, cornerback. Uh, a rating of 71 and a half from PFF 42 tackles, two tackles for loss, two PBUs uh, as a senior. So he'll have one year to play for the Trojans in 2024. Uh, all told, you look at the transfer portal guys, a lot of DBs, John Humphrey, Kamari Ramsey, uh, Akili Arnold's, and now the Carlos Nicholson. Yeah, they're getting started, but they, they, USC realistically here needs defensive linemen. They need defensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, they need size and on the defensive line. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've added uh, Nate Clifton. It's good, good start, but it has to only be a start. That should be the area mm-hmm. that we're, we're still looking around and, and thinking, okay, USC is going to be going to be targeting some beef on the defensive front. And if they, yeah. if they don't, that'll be slightly disappointing to be honest. Yeah. Would it be prime? Prime rib. Or Wagyu? Maybe some yeah. A5B? A. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll there, see. The, hey, there's some A5 beef out there in the in the portal, so. Oh, uh, we, we, we will see if, if the Trojans can land the marbling. Uh, anyways, uh, let's get to the Holiday Bowl. 43 minutes in. We're going to get comments on YouTube of, I, I waited 45 minutes to get to the preview. You preview. said this was a preview and you haven't talked about the preview yet here we are usc and louisville holiday bowl december 27th 5 14 p.m according to the media guide <laughs> uh pacific time on big fox uh it's going to be gus and clat on the call uh the louisville cardinals 10 and 3 acc runner-ups head coach Jeff Rum, the uh, the Cardinal legend, legendary uh, Cardinal quarterback, not the most famous um, Louisville Cardinal quarterback of all time. You know who that one is? Uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, 
I guess right now, yes. I'm not sure where you're going. <laughs> it's Johnny Unitas, man. Okay, oh, it's okay. Johnny, Johnny Unitas. Unitas. Of course, Johnny Unitas. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, yes. Yeah. You're not, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wrong. <laughs> yeah, but Rom, probably their third most famous quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, J- uh, Jack Plummer will try to try to usurp maybe a little bit here. Uh, in the polls, uh, the Cardinals right there in the middle, uh, 15th in the coaches, uh, 16th in the college football playoff poll, uh, and 16th by the AP. Uh, SP plus 23rd in the country, pretty pretty consistent 32 uh the 32nd ranked offensive sp plus team and the 31st on defense 78th in special teams this is a team that i everything i've looked up done my research into louisville they are just good solid good which is, I think, the worst case scenario for a matchup for this USC team in this bowl game. Yeah, like uh, there will be without some of their their big guns, which you're going to talk about. Uh, let's talk about on offense uh, for the uh, for the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, they are led at quarterback by Jack Plummer. You might remember him because he threw for 406 yards for the Cow Bears at the Coliseum last November. Uh, all ACC third teamer this year. Uh, 2,952 yards as uh, the quarterback of the cards, uh, 21 touchdowns, 11 picks uh, at running back. Uh, Jawar Jordan was their big dude. 181 carries, 1,143 uh, yards, 13 touchdowns at a 6.2 yard per carry clip. All ACC first teamer at running back, but Alicia, you won't be there. Won't be there at Petco. Opt-outs uh, work both ways. Yes, uh, and neither will Jamar Thrash, the All-ACC second-teamer at receiver and the leading t- the leading receiver uh, for the Cardinals. 36, uh, sorry, 63 catches. Look at me being dyslexic all of a sudden. Uh, 858 yards and six touchdowns. He will not be there either. So in the running game, look for Isaac Garendo and Maurice Turner, uh, who have combined... Uh, for about 900 yards as a tandem behind Jordan. So this is a, a Cardinal, you know, running game that is pretty deep. Garendo is absolutely capable of, of doing damage. 670 rushing yards, eight TDs uh, and a 6.0 yards per carry clip. Uh, in the passing game, Chris Bell is next up, but a huge drop-off, almost 40 fewer catches than Thrash, 26 uh, so far this season, 386 yards and two TDs. There's Kevin Coleman Jr., uh, Jimmy Callaway, uh, and their tight end is Nate uh, Kariski. 16 catches, 138 yards, and two touchdowns. Offensive line led by all-ACC first-teamer at center, uh, Brian Hudson. Then there's all-ACC third-teamer at left guard, Michael Gonzalez. Uh, on um, offense, though, this is a team that just... They do the job. 32nd in, in SP plus offense, like we talked about. Um, just a, a solid top 40 offense in just about every statistic that you look up. Yeah, they're going not. up against the defense that we know at USC that is uh, whew, not good. Yeah, they're they're not a prolific passing offense. They're no. not a prolific prolific run, running offense, but they do both 
reasonably well and they do it in a in a balanced way and and they are reasonably effective and that's i think that's the terrifying thing for usc because i don't know what you focus on stopping Uh, i do think it is always worth a reflection to think about the quality of quarterback in the pac 12 Mm -hmm. that jack Plummer was all acc third team that's i'm i'm not trying to uh speak ill on Jack Plummer, but when he was playing in the Pac-12, he was nowhere near the all Pac-12 uh, lineup at quarterback. So his move to the ACC definitely worked out well for him. And and he proved that I, I think maybe USC fans can maybe reevaluate a little bit the, the performance um, that Plummer put up against last year's USC defense. Uh that you know the 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 dude can 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 actually sling it when he needs to. Yeah. Uh, so that's maybe maybe not a great sign for this USC defense coming in to face this Louisville offense that knows what they're about, that does things in a in a balanced way. And yeah, they're losing their their top two skill position guys, and maybe that's the one area that that you can hope that the USC defense is able to to get an edge but i just i don't know how you i don't know how you go into this matchup knowing what we know about this defense yeah and feel good because every game that usc has played the opposing offense has been better than their averages in general so would you say that this offense is better than cal's yes yeah cal scored 49 on the trojans yeah and the Trojans are going to be a defense without some of those starters who played in that game. There's no Damani Jackson here, right? There's we know that uh, Zion Branch is out for the season. Kevin uh, Bullock isn't practicing, so we assume Rajon Davis playing. is out for the season with 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 Again, an injury. Like yeah. there, SC has given up a billion points, uh, and there's a lot of dudes that are just, you know not on the team that gave up the billion points. So like, I, I don't the coaches are not around, not nearly as many coaches. We got a question uh, in the chat earlier. Um, I can't remember who asked it. it I'm sorry. I think it was Calix Rose. Um, no, it's Robert Murdy. Uh, who's coaching the defense in the holiday bowl. Is it, is it Danton Lynn? No, it's not Danton Lynn. Uh, it's the guys still at SC right now, which is, I believe, is it not Odom still? Odom's still still out there on yeah. coaching. Um, I it, it, I think the only one who has left, and this is an assumption that I that I'm this is me assuming, Dante Williams taking that job with Georgia. I assume he's in Georgia now, right? Um, but uh, everybody else, it's I think they're finishing out their contracts. So yeah, Odom and and Nua, I believe, are still the co DCs doing doing the work for for the Holiday Bowl. And um, as far as I understand it, Danton Lynn is not running the show for this bowl. Matt Entz is not coaching the linebackers for this bowl. Yeah. And he hasn't been around. Yeah. He hasn't been around. And, uh, and um, uh, the, uh, oh my gosh, Doug Belk, the new DB's coach, may, maybe he gets an opportunity to, to come in, but I would, I would, guess instead that somebody is uh like a, a graduate He's, assistant like they might just have um the, the these these guys aren't coaching the new guys aren't no. coaching they're they're just they're focusing on recruiting they might be able to help out with a little bit of they essentially the 
end up work, working like an analyst where they can maybe help out with, you know, uh, watching film or whatnot, but they're, they're not going to be on the field coaching. Um, I would, I would guess that if they, if they needed somebody to step in and, and make sure that the corners are taken care of that, uh, bookie Radley Hiles or heels is yeah because Taylor Mays is already doing the safeties for, for Grinch, but, um, I haven't really heard anything about that. So yeah, let, let's talk about the um, defense of the Cardinal card. I am so used to Cardinals. SC playing Stanford. It's weird to say Cardinals, the Cardinals uh, of, of Louisville uh, led by uh, Ashton Gillett um, over on the uh, defensive end spot, 14 and a half tackles for loss. 11 sacks, six quarterback hurries, all ACT, ACC first teamer. Uh, and then there's Devin Hill, uh, 67 tackles, three tackles for loss, and four picks. All ACC third teamer at safety. Uh, TJ Quinn has been a strong player for the Cardinals at outside linebacker, 87 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, one pick, five quarterback hurries. Uh, the Cardinals on offense led by defensive coordinator uh ron english probably know that name because he's been around forever uh he was the michigan dc back in the lloyd Carr days 2006 2007 those really really good michigan teams back then uh he left there and went under charlie strong at louisville uh back in 2008 uh he got the head coaching job at eastern michigan um that didn't last until 2013. And then uh, he's been around a little bit since then uh, ended up following Brom to Purdue and then on to Louisville. So uh, veteran defensive coordinator, and he's got the Cardinals doing the things that you need to do right on defense. You look at their numbers and the numbers are on the screen right now of like points per drive and, uh, and stuff like that for this defense. Uh, and, yards per play and all those things. So much of the stuff is good, not great, like very solid top 40 defense in just about every statistic except for two. And you can argue that these might be the two most important statistics. Louisville, the number one red zone conversion defense and the number six third down conversion defense. When push comes to shove, they know how to get stops. Yeah, it's like the anti USC. Um, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't like this matchup at all. To be quite honest, um, it doesn't look good for USC. And and I'm not trying to be too woe is me because USC won't have Caleb Williams or Marshawn Lloyd. Um, but the the wide receiver core is hit with Brendan Brendan Rice opting out. Uh, the uh, the offensive line is is hit with Michael Tarquin uh, transferring out and and just the offensive line being what it is. Um, the the quarterback Michael situation. Jackson the third transfer Michael Jackson the third transferring out Mario yeah. Williams transferring out. There's a big one too. Caleb Williams a quarterback uh, not yeah. playing. Miller Moss is going to be the the starting quarterback for the Trojans. So this is going to be an offense that is really going to have a completely different look. And I don't think than, we know. We've seen. And I don't think we know what to expect. I I have been one of the people beating the drum that Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams didn't make Lincoln Riley. 
Lincoln Riley has had success. His offense is good, regardless of, of the quarterback that he has running it. But we also haven't necessarily seen his offense be run under these circumstances. And right. I don't know what to expect from Miller Moss. And I don't know what to expect from this offense with Miller Moss behind that offensive line. If USC mm-hmm. had a, if you took last year's healthy offensive line and put it in front of Miller Moss for this game, I would feel considerably more confident that USC that USC offensively could go toe to toe with this with this Louisville defense. But because it's Miller Moss behind this offensive line, I honestly have no idea what to expect. And I think this matchup is terrible for USC specifically because it's not like you can turn around and expect USC to just be able to take some pressure off of Miller Moss by running the ball because Louisville's good against the run. And Austin Jones, I believe, is playing in this game, but you still need your offensive line to be capable of winning that matchup in the trenches. And I'm just not certain that that's in the cards for USC. I, yeah. But I honestly, I'm not certain that USC is going to show up and be incapable of moving the ball either. I'm just, it would be a lot more favorable if USC had gotten a draw with a defense that was less stout, like less just sound sound. Yes. Again, Louisville has just been a sound team all year Mm -hmm. and USC would be like, I would have preferred a matchup against a team that was maybe really, really good in one area, but like had as many big question marks as, as you know, we can point to with USC in a lot of, in a lot of spaces where, what they ended up getting was a very sound ranked team that gives you a lot of read, like they're 10 and three because they just are sound and and maybe not elite, but have gotten the job done. They beat Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, they gave Florida state a game. Um, they beat North Carolina, NC state, like, uh, so Ron Murdy in the chat says, so then how do we beat Louisville then? And, I, I, I think the the answer is a simple one, but I don't think it's simple to say that that makes it maybe overly likely or overly you know uh, advantageous or any of those things. I think I think the simple thing is th- this Louisville offense was not great against Florida State. That was a very ugly ACC championship game, a game that, you know, Florida State has a very good defense and they could not do anything against them, right? Um, But that was a Florida State team without their quarterback and Louisville couldn't do anything against them at all. If you can let them look like that again, then maybe you could have success here. And if, if any, especially when they're without Jordan and thrash, I think you can, you can conjure up the idea that like, maybe this is a, a comparable game to say the UCLA game where you have a good defense uh, and an offense that 
they can put things together, but maybe they don't have the 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 star power. Certainly, Louisville won't have the star power with with their top two guys out. But even if you want to make that argument, look back at the the SC UCLA game. SC ends up, ends up getting jiggle bag because they still made their own mistakes. Uh, they, yeah, yeah. Like UCLA didn't put up as many yards as Oregon did the week before or anything like that, but like they still got theirs. The, the very simple fact here is that SC needs to a outscore them and B be clean on offense. And if USC is clean on offense, they should be able to get in a position to compete or, or win the game. Uh, I think you can you can say that about every single like even despite the defense, every game USC has had this year, if they are clean on offense, they just about win the game. Like if they are clean on offense against Washington, they win the game. Um, they weren't because they had they had a couple of drives where they did not they they did not get it done, especially towards the end of the game, uh, and that cost them. You. You kind of got to be perfect, and I think that it's 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 hard to be that way when you don't have Caleb Williams at quarterback. You got Miller Moss. You're without guys on the offensive line. You're you're, you're without some of your best receivers. Yeah, Taj Washington's going to play, but like you're without your best running back. Like this is a this is the also the the bowl game scenario of like is SC even going to be up for this? Um, West Texas Mike in the chat says only one bowl win for, for Lincoln Riley. And that was a Florida team that had given up uh, after taking Alabama to the brink uh, in the COVID season. At the same time, Lincoln Riley has not played in a bowl game like this ever. The, the Alamo bowl in 2021 is the closest comparison, but he wasn't there in Oklahoma. He had already left. Like a lot of the staff was there, Odom and whatnot, but like, it, how is he going to react? Like, how are, is the, are the Trojans going to be even up for this game? I don't know. I, I like all of those things. I think are huge, huge question marks, and I think it's clear why SC is a is a touchdown underdog. Yeah, I want to I want to draw attention to the bottom right hand corner of our graphic right now, where it says ten plus yard gain rate for Louisville's defense. They rank 70, 70th with giving up uh, ten plus yard gains fourteen. Uh, 0.7% of the time they mm-hmm. ranked 92nd in 30 plus yard plays allowed this year, which isn't too far, uh, too, too far better than, than USC, uh, than USC's defense this year. So how does USC beat Louisville? They hit big plays. Yeah. They hit big plays and the defense with a month to figure out something, um, and to maybe recommit to being something uh, is able to reach their potential, particularly the pass rush, and perhaps unsettles somebody like Jack Plummer enough to create a couple turnovers, and you win the game that way. Yeah. Um, for me, on on I, I think USC wins the game by creating turnovers on defense and by hitting big plays by being explosive on offense. And I think that's the biggest question mark around Miller Moss is can he lead an explosive offense? Mm -hmm. I do not know. I know that Caleb Williams can lead an explosive offense. I do not know if Miller Moss can, can do that or if we will see 
Miller Moss, like I think the worst case scenario for USC with Miller Moss is if it's if it's check down city. I don't think that's going to work uh, in in terms of being able to to actually win the game. So I think that's my biggest problem is like there is a roadmap because Louisville's disappointed too. They wanted to win the ACC. They wanted to spoil. They lost their last two games. Like we don't know what they're going to look like right. coming into and they're without game. their two best players. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it, it's hard to say for sure for either of this team who comes out and is, is more motivated. Uh, I I think my guess will be that Louisville will be more motivated. Yeah. Uh, that would be my hunch. But again, like you, you can, you never know. I think there's the, the bowl games are so know. difficult. Um, talk about the explosive plays. I think it's interesting looking at what Louisville can do on, on defense. Yes. They are not good at giving up explosive plays through the pass. Um, they've given up 13 pass plays this year of 40 plus yards that ranks uh, tied for a hundred and eighteenth in the country. Yeah. And that's, that's but, where you got to do it. And they're 100 plus in 20 yard pass plays and 30 yard pass plays and 40 yard pass plays. Yet, if you sort by 10 plus yard pass plays, uh, they're tied for 45th. So like, yeah, but this is why and they've played an extra game here maybe, too. Like, like they, they, they don't play an extra game. Yes. Yeah. They, they give up. They, they can be gotten downfield, but they don't give up that many um, medium range pass plays. And which makes me think that they're, is, is that a sign of a good tackling team? Maybe that I would, I would wager that. I haven't really looked into I, it specifically. I, I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't thought about yeah. the, the ramifications of those things. But I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. I, I think that there, there's twofold with with the Miller Moss thing. On one hand, I don't have a lot of confidence there. Um, in the sense of like we we saw him against Cal uh, two years ago, situation that is similar but not really very much not really, right? Um, so I don't know what what to expect there. The other flip side of this is this is Miller Moss's opportunity to show out and say something about being the starter for 2024. This is his chance. And on top of that, if you're Lincoln Riley, like what do you have to lose? Like get nuts. Like there, there's literally nothing to lose in this game. You're, you're the underdog. Everyone expects you to not care and to lose this game. I think. You, you've already gone seven and six. Um, obviously, he's not getting fired. Like, if does does the fan base care enough what the outcome of this game is? I don't necessarily think so. Throw caution to the winds. Like, I think there's a there's a way that you can just come out here and just yeah try to zing all, all over the place and put confidence in Miller Moss squint and pretends that vice's helmet wearing Miller Moss is, is Caleb Williams and see, see what happens. You know, like I, 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 I'm very curious what would happen if, if that was the case. Uh, I, I don't think that they're the similar necessarily the in a similar skill sets. We know that Caleb Williams game is avoiding uh, the pass rush and all that stuff. He was so good at that. And I don't think that Miller Moss, uh, has that in him, but Hey, let, 
let, let the dude sink or swim, right? Like, what do you have to lose? Just go out there and let it rip, as, as Pete Carroll would say. So hmm, that's my thought. Uh, ready for, um, ready for, uh, I was just saying this or that. No, this is, uh, what's it called? Over under. Mm-hmm. Ready? So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. All right. What starts? This is a big one, by the way. If you are competing at home, make your picks. Uh, put your picks. We put the link in the chat if you're joining us here live on YouTube. Make your picks because I think G-Pats, um, who else is involved? Vince from San Diego. Uh, is in the mix. Um, who else is in the ball? I, I'm. I'm. I should have looked this up. Stephen Schott, I think, is in the top ten. There's a bunch of people in the top ten. I, I'm. I should have been more prepared by having the long list in front of me. Um, but make sure to make your picks. You 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 want to be able to to get in there and and get a win. Jay Vandy. Jay Vandy is who I was thinking of too. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Your first over under. What do you got? I've got 12.5 combined catches for Zion Branch and Deuce Robinson. Um, Zion Branch's season high was five against UCLA. Deuce Robinson's was four against UCLA. And they go into this game with Brendan Rice and Mario Williams and Michael Jackson III all out of the picture. George Washington will play, so he remains wide receiver one. But... Zachariah Branch and Deuce Robinson will be focal points for uh, this offense. So will they combine for a dozen or more? More than a dozen. Baker, you, you want you want a Baker's dozen to, mm-hmm. to clear the over. I am going to say no. I'm going to take the under on this, under the 12 and a half catches. Uh, West Texas Mike in the chat says Riley rotates too much. Yeah, I think there's going to be too much rotation. I, I think on the then again the rotation is much thinner, but I they, twelve and a half just seems like so much. It does seems but, like so much. How many times did anyone combine for twelve and a half catches this year? I didn't. I didn't go. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it's very difficult. Here's the thing: Brendan Rice had eight catches against UCLA. Yeah, Taj Washington is good for four or five. Uh, in in a game like right there's gonna be additional targets to go around but this then again could be the zachariah branch game where you just yeah give him the ball a billion times yeah they were at nine i almost set the line at 10 but they were at nine against ucla with brendan rice and mario williams and michael jackson getting targeted so yeah mm. i don't know i mm. like uh, uh, it's all right i'm gonna take it the under but I, i'm in, i'm intrigued by that line for sure uh, so give me the under 12 and a half combined catches for Zachariah Branch and Deuce Robinson. Uh, my first over under, it's going to be a nice one. 69% over under 69%. USC in the red zone, red zone conversion rate against Louisville's defense. Mentioned it earlier, Louisville's defense, number one in the nation in red zone defense at 68.97%, AKA 69%. USC is 31st nationally at 89.1%. At one point, they were really good. Like, I, I think SC was like number one in the country in touchdown rates uh, going in the end zone. Um, that uh, took a hit at the end of the season. 
the Trojans had a season worst 50% overall red zone rate against UCLA going two of four. That was bad. That was big part of the reason why USC did not win the game and lost the, uh, the victory bell to the Bruins. So can the Trojans score more than Louisville holds teams to 69% over under USC's red zone conversion rate? Smashing that under. Um, <laughs> no Caleb Williams, no Brendan Rice, USC's best red zone target all season. Yep. Uh, this is a hard under. Mm. I am. Uh, I, I I have no other no other feeling. There was only one place I was going with this under kicking at sea level at a, at a baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. It might be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, uh, you take the uh, the under there, which locks me into the over. Uh, what's your next over under? Where to go? We are going with thirty two point five pass attempts. For Miller Moss. Yeah. Caleb Williams averaged 32 attempts per game this year. He had three games with 40 40 or more attempts against UCLA, Cal, and Colorado. Mm -hmm. He had four games with under 30 attempts against San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford, and Arizona. The first three of those are no surprise. He barely played uh, in those games. Miller Moss has attempted 32 total passes this season. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but USC quarterbacks just across the board with everybody average 34 passes per game in wins and 37 per game in losses. So will we see Miller Moss get up there in volume the way that we would see Caleb Williams or is USC going to lean on their running game and have a more self-contained situation from Miller Moss? I'm pessimistic. Um no, I took the, sorry, I took the, I guess I took the over. I was thinking I took the under on this. The, the <laughs> graphics say I took the over, so I'll take the over. Uh, I, okay, realistically, I'm pessimistic on this one bigly because number one. If USC's behind. Uh, it, well, I think that, I think that's my argument more yeah. than anything. I think that was the reason that I took the over this here. Um, I, I think that SC could get creative in getting uh, Zachariah Branch involved plenty um that might mean like jet sweeps or something like that it could mean that if those get counted as passes i think that helps but i think that i i think realistically the best argument for taking the over here is i don't expect usc to win this game spoiler alert to win get to the scores and so i think that you might just end up with the over because sc is trailing yeah i i think that's that's certainly fair um I don't, I, as I said, I don't know what to expect from Miller Moss in the slightest. I just do not. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next one is going to be over under 39.5% USC's third down conversion rates. Uh, Louisville is sixth in the country on third down defense, holding teams to just 28.1%. Only three of their opponents this year, Georgia Tech, BC, and Miami went above 40% on their conversion rates. So only three of the 12 of the 13 opponents would have hit the over here, but SC is averaging 42.1% and they've hit on 40% six times in their 12 games. Trojans rank 44th in third down conversion rate over under 39 and a half third downs for USC. 
I do not like this for USC. I am taking the under. Uh, again, I do not know what to expect from Miller Moss. I sort of knew what to expect from Caleb Williams. Yeah, He could create some magic, get USC up uh, with a higher percentage in terms of, of converting third downs. Uh, I do not know if USC will be able to run the ball well um, in the early downs to create third and short situations. Uh, so Miller Moss may be in those situations where he has to create some magic, and I don't know if that's something that he... Uh, will be capable of doing. I I just, there's so many unknowns when it comes to this and Louisville's defense is so good at this. I yeah. am taking the under hard again. All right. Uh, let's get to your last over under. What do you got? When, totally coincidentally, I have a uh, mm, sure. yeah. 39.5 Louisville third down, uh, Louisville third down conversion Louisville. rate. Uh, I put 39.4. Okay. You put the, eh, it's the same difference. Okay. Close enough. Uh, Louisville. 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 Third yeah. down uh, rate. So Louisville's kind of bad at third downs offensively. They rank 92nd uh, nationally with a third down conversion rate this season of 36.42. That's not good. Um, so it should tell you. Uh, that uh, USC's defense is even worse, <laughs> allowing forty three point two percent rate yeah. on Yikes. third downs, is Yikes. pretty darn bad. Yikes. Ranking one hundred eighth nationally, so um, you know, bad offense, off bad third down offense, meet bad third down defense. Right. <laughs> I took the two numbers, I split the difference down the middle. We got thirty nine point four. Mm-hmm. And uh no, yeah. you, you just wanted to steal my my good, line. Good luck there. Yeah, you just stole <laughs> my line. Um I I am taking the over. Yeah. I I I, I trust them. <laughs> I I, tr- I trust USC's defense to not get the stops. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very pessimistic over under. I don't know how there's any other way to be, to be quite honest. Yeah. I d- I just don't all right, well, then I'm going to really test you. <laughs> the, the the absolute biggest shit posts uh, of the over-unders lines of all time. 388 passing yards for J- Jack Plummer. I'm not sure I'd put this line for Bo Nix, but I'm putting it for Jack Plummer. He had a career high last year of 406 passing yards against the Trojans with Cal at the Coliseum in November. His season high this year was 388 in a win over BC. So 388.5. Will he set a season high for the second straight year against USC? USC pass defense is 117th in the country. 388.5. This is an absolute bait job. Are you taking it? I am taking this with confidence. Pessimistic Alicia is out in full force. USC's defense has given me no reason to trust them in any way, shape, or form. They will be without arguably their most talented player in the secondary, uh, Kalen Bullock, in this game. They will be, I mean, I I guess the the only hope I have for USC's defense in terms of stopping the pass is that, uh, you know, guys like Jacoby Covington might be healthy. I'm I like, I, 
I don't, I, I just don't, I just don't, wow. I don't trust anything that's going on with defense. I'm taking the over. And, Pessimistic uh, Alicia is out in full force. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. All right. That locks me into the under. Uh, I think it's a pretty good under for me to have, but we will see. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right. That's going to be it for over under, which leads us into our picks for the holiday bowl, USC and Louisville lock and horns. Uh, December 27th, 5.14 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Petco Park, Gaslamp, San Diego. Alicia, the line, 7.5 for, for Louisville. SP Plus projection is Cardinals 33, Trojans 20. Sorry, 30. 33-30 is the SP Plus projection. What's your prediction? What do you got? I... um. I'm going with Louisville 30, USC 20. Okay. I do not think USC's offense will be able to, just given circumstances, will be able to get much going against this Louisville defense. Mm -hmm. And I do not trust USC's defense at all. The only thing that's stopping me from giving Louisville more points here is that Louisville's offense has just been exactly what they are, which is just, 30 points. Yeah. So uh, who knows? They could put up 40, but uh, for now I'm just, just going 30 to 20. All right. You're picking the cards to cover. Uh, Alicia, you wrote your projection in here after I did. And I'm not trying to say that you stole my prediction because you didn't. I didn't even look at your prediction. I looked at Bill Connolly's and then. But it's very similar. Yeah. Uh, I have Louisville winning this 27 17. So I too have the cards covering. Um, what it comes down to me is I, here's the thing with bowl games. You have to prove to me that you want it a bowl game, which, mm -hmm. which is, is sad to me. Cause like, I, I understand why players opt out. I understand why players are already leaving for their transfers. I understand all of that. Like this is the world that we're in with college football. It has to, it has to sort of be that way logistically. But the college football fan in me hates it because I grew up on bowl games. Holiday Bowl was always such a special bowl game for me as a kid. It was always so good. Now it's a game that no one wants to be in. I, I think that changes for, for Louisville a little bit here because they've never been to the Holiday Bowl, um, never played USC. Um, Louisville's a program that I think is still on the up and up. And they're in a good place with Jeff Brom. And I think there's just more reason for them to want to be there. Uh, then SC coming after a year in which they went seven and five, a year in which all the focus is on 2024. All the focus is on next year with with the transfer portal, signing day, all that stuff. The the new coaches. I feel like the game, the, the holiday bowl game, is the last thing that people are thinking of. So with that in mind, SC loses by 10, 24, 27, 17 Cardinals. Yep. Oh boy. If you're on your way down, you probably you've probably already driven by the Denny's, probably. The the <laughs> the Denny's right there in San Clemente. And you you might need to turn us off because I think no. people are upset about no, no, this. No, no. This is just a good a good reminder that when doing a trip for a bowl game or a football mm -hmm. game, 
You need to always remember that you will not let the outcome of the game impact your enjoyment of that's a good that's a good day. idea. Enjoy yeah. the crap out of the lead up to the game. Yeah. And after the game, put it out of your mind because it ultimately doesn't matter. You're just there true. to yeah. have fun. Um it's one of the world's great cities, too. Yeah, enjoy your tailgate. Go get some hodads. Uh I don't know how much tailgating is at Petco. Well, I don't know. Enjoy your pre-game meal or wherever you're, you're going to hang out. Pre-gaming in the gas lamp. Pre yeah. yeah, enjoy pre-gaming in the gas lamp. Enjoy going out after. I didn't like, even think about it. There, yeah, there is no tailgating. When was the last time SC was in a game when there was no tailgating? I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID. <laughs> the COVID, COVID season. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I guess that's the answer. Yeah, um, yeah so... Um, yeah, uh, recommendations for San Diego remain. Hodads, please go to Hodads. Go to Hodads. Um, there's there's one downtown. There's also one in Ocean Beach. The one in Ocean Beach, I think, is really cool. Um, go to Hodads. Get a burger. I'd say tell them that we sent you, but they don't know who the hell we are, so don't don't do that. Uh, but. Hodads is so incredible. Best burger you'll ever have in your life. I swear to God. And this is not paid for by Hodads. No. And then my other recommendation, if you've never been, I know everybody talks about the zoo. I'm sorry, but I'm a wild animal park guy. No, I think they changed the name of the wild animal park. Never been. You've never been. Dude, we got to go. We got to go. I've been to the zoo. Oh, the, the wild animal park is so so much better. World. Well, I I don't know that it's better than the zoo because that that's literally the best zoo in the world. But the wild animal park freaking bangs. West Texas Mike says, but you don't like anything on your burgers, and that's not true. I I like a the bread uh, meat cheese. He's he's spot on there. Bread meat. You're forgetting mayo. Yeah. I like mayo on my burger. West Texas Mike, when I went to Hodad's, I got burger with stuff on it and it was the best burger i've ever eaten and i don't really necessarily oh, no. care for a lot of stuff on my burgers a, a courtman 17 the chat says they change everything about the wild animal park i don't i don't like that well <laughs> oh no well what can you do now i'm now i'm scared to go back it's the san diego zoo safari park now apparently uh oh Used to be great, not not just them taking your money. Yeah, yeah, well, that's uh, welcome to life. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. All right, uh, we get we got a, a couple of questions on the the mailbag, but but not much here. You've got mail. Uh, Michael Enright says, "How many defensive transfers will start? None of them. Uh, they're, 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 it's all twenty twenty four guys. I same with, same talking, with the coach. I think they're talking about like oh next start year, next year. Oh yeah. Oh oh." I would wager all of them <laughs> right now, right now, looking at the defensive transfers, which will, which I'll run down where you got, uh, let's see, Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt's Nate Clifton on the defensive line, linebacker, Easton Mascarenas, Arnold safety, Akili Arnold, yeah. uh, safety, Kamari Ramsey and, and cornerback John Humphrey. I would wager that all of those are written in pen starters, uh, next year, I think the only the, I I guess the one that maybe isn't is Clifton. Like that's the only one that I would say if if he maybe. turned if he turned out to be this year's be the the spot that has uh, the most rotation too. Yeah, but if if he turned out to be this year's Jack Sullivan, then sure, 
that's I I think a possibility. You don't want that to be the case, but that's a possibility for I, sure. I was going to say DeCarlos Nicholson could be someone. Oh yeah, sorry, DeCarlos Nicholson. Because you, you're getting Humphrey and Nicholson, but then again, I, I would assume that those are both going to be the two corners that you're putting a lot of faith in. Yeah. We'll see what happens with the Trojans at corner. We know that uh, Fabian Ross is gone. The body Jackson is gone. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, Christian Rollins is gone. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, and I'm a big fan of Jacoby Covington. Yeah, me too. So he might be the one that throws a wrench in. Yeah. And how that works, but yeah, I'm a fan of Jacoby Covington for everything but the 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 spelling. I'm not a fan of the spelling. Yeah, I get a Y at the end. The the the, the B, the the kind of like Kobe, kind of. Yeah, he it is kind of like Kobe with the C though. With a C, yeah. yeah. Um, Rob Murray says any update on Will Howard or did he already commit? I haven't I haven't seen anything. He is not committed. Uh, there are multiple multiple sites have uh predictions that he will sign with USC uh that is obviously something that's that's being sorted out I guess uh, there's a lot of complications around bringing in quarterbacks especially in terms of how you work out your NIL deal and all of that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. not that surprised that maybe it might take a take, take a little while longer yeah. um yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see with Will Howard. We will see, indeed. Uh, oh, the other the other news we kind of buried is Corey Foreman transfer portal. Yes, another five star. That it's like okay. So what was the point of getting that five star in the recruiting class and celebrating it when you couldn't do anything with him? So he'll always have that UCLA interception. <laughs> he was out of oh, position. Okay, here's a, here's a here's an honest question. I I, I mean this with no ill intent here. Is he the biggest USC recruiting bust with a highlight ever? With an actual game-changing play? Yes. Whitney Lewis never did a damn thing. I mean, thing. that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, like, Wole Batiku never had, never had moment his moment nearly as no. big as that. No. Um, oh, like... And then they like wide receiver. I, I feel somebody. like we can't. I feel like Messina doesn't count here. No. Um, Messina had a had a scoop and score, I think, against uh, Arkansas State, or maybe almost scored in Arkansas State. Uh, but he, he that, that's a different scenario. Same thing with Bryce Dixon, who had a big touchdown pass or big yeah, touchdown that, catch. But like again, that's not that's not not a not a remotely not the, the same situation. Use. No. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Hmm. Jack, Jack Jones, I wouldn't call a uh, a, a, bust. Re- a recruiting bust. No. Um, God, is there anyone with a weirder career than Jack Jones? <laughs> Literally, no. Literally, the, the, the no. highlight of and the pick that he, the pick on. six he had the other day. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. After he got run out of New England, he I, ends up with Antonio Pierce in in, in Vegas. And then has one of the more impressive picks that you'll see the, all season. I, might be the most impressive interception I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the Jack Jones experience. It's so. it's it's high or low, baby. It's it's <laughs> no one ever accused him of lacking. Jeez, talent. it's it 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 is up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, this is going to wrap it up. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening this year. It's been it's been great. We'll be back, of course, with the car cast after the game. Um, I think the plan right now is that we're not going to the game. 
Um, we've we've debated with the idea of maybe driving down there day of. It will genuinely come down to what I when when I think on Tuesday I will we will reevaluate about whether or not we're just going to make an impromptu trip or not. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, MIT Caltech in the in the chat says the problem with those four and five star players who transfer is that they have low football IQ, so we'll be fine. MIT Caltech mentioning IQ <laughs> in a chat might be the most beautiful thing chef's, I've ever seen. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, and, okay. The, I, I can't necessarily speak 100% to whether or not it's a low football IQ situation for, for all of them. But I will say that they are prime examples of how I, I, your evaluation has to be multifaceted has to be factored in let's let's say it is let's just Mm -hmm. hypothetically say that low football iq okay well then what can you get out of them as a coach that's you have to work within you have to get out you can get more out of them than what sc got Mm -hmm. yeah and s too many times sc has guys who they just are unable to get anything out of and yes, I think you can you can say that some of those players might have been, uh, you know, overvalued in recruiting or whatnot. And not every five star ends up panning out. Yes, it's it's probability those guys are most likely to pan out, but doesn't mean that they're they're all for sure's. Having said that, SC has just had too many of those guys not pan out that it's you you can't point like the you- finger. You point the finger at them, and yeah. there's three other fingers pointing back at you. Pointing back at the coaches, I, it's it's more about SC's lack of developing for, for me. Like, yeah, there, there's there's been a, a bunch of busts, but also you can't tell me that all of them needed to be bust either. So yeah, it's and about- and let's just say okay, let's just say that they are low football IQ guys. Then was the evaluation that's what I'm incorrect saying. in the first place? Like you said, like. I still think, still comes down to the coaching to me. I think there's a very strong um there's a strong correlation between coaching ability and number one, identifying that players have if it's a low football IQ situation, yeah. Identifying that that is going to be an insurmountable problem mm-hmm. is a huge value having a culture that's strong enough to deal with maybe it's not a low football IQ, but like low commitment to being great, Mm -hmm. identifying that or having a culture to overcome it. Yeah. Preferably both. Um, all of those things factor into why a five star doesn't work out. Um, so yes, it, it, it remains on the coaching staff to get that right. Uh, and, um, yeah, that's something that USC's staff in future has to get right more often. All right, before before we wrap up, um, Mount Rushmore of of Christmas movies, go. Love Actually, It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story, and I feel like I'm missing a big one. Why am I missing a big one? Love Actually, It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story. And oh, um, I'm I'm gonna put it in. 
because I want to watch it at Christmas. The Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. It is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, no, thanks. Uh, this is where I admit I've never seen Christmas, like Christmas vacation and elf is just, I, elf sucks. Elf is absolute trash. <laughs> um, I've never seen home alone and have zero interest in seeing home alone. Home Alone's good. Slapstick comedy. Not for me. A and B like, it looks like a dumb kid's movie. Don't care. Uh, West Texas Mice says eyes wide shut. Um, does take place at Christmas. Yeah, for sure. Um, my, oh, and, and the other, the other one is the, I, I don't, I do not care about any of the Grinches. Not interested. Don't care. Doesn't look like yeah, a Michael they're, movie. To me. They're, they're fine. There's a, there's a definitive Mount Rushmore here and it's a Christmas story. Love actually Bad Santa, which is the best movie of any involving any Santa Claus, is Bad Santa. Did wait? Do do I remember that you said that you haven't seen it? I have seen it. Okay, you have seen it. Okay, yeah. all right. I got really excited because I thought I was going to be able to watch it again if you said no. But okay, and then about a boy, which is my people want to say that Die Hard is is a is a Christmas movie, which it's not, and it's not even a good action movie. But secondly. If that's the argument, then I am going to make about a boy a Christmas movie. Okay, I'm making it one. Part of the plot is literally that that it involves a Christmas song. So it's it's a Christmas movie, baby. It's a Christmas movie. It's fine. It's fine. You liked it when you watched no, it. No, it's good. It's good. It's just not on my Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. Lamont says, how, how dare you? Elf is phenomenal. Bad Santa is good. Bad Santa is the, the best. The, the, the absolute best. What? Plus, the, the reason that Bad Santa also, I genuinely, it makes me die laughing every single time. But the reason that Bad Santa is even better to me than anything else is because it was filmed at the Lama Mall. Pre. Uh, of course. I mean, I, I know you're going to say bias, bias, but genuinely, <laughs> even if it wasn't, even if it was actually filmed in Phoenix like it was supposed to, it, it's still incredible. I need to watch it again. And, and it has I, an SD connection, John I, Ritter. I don't remember it. I know I've seen it. I don't remember. I don't know if I was paying close attention to watching it. Um, but one of the podcasts I really love uh, did that as a as their episode this week, Bad Santa. Um, and it, they were talking about it and made me realize that like, I don't remember very much of the movie, so I should probably rewatch it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. West Texas Mike in the chat says, wait, Alicia didn't talk about USC men's basketball. One more chance to take a shot at Andy Enfield. Um, <laughs> you, you want me to talk about the six and five USC basketball team? You want me to talk about the USC basketball team that lost three in a row and then, and then beat up on Alabama state to make it not look so terrible. Um, you want to talk about the USC basketball team that is theoretically as talented as USC basketball has ever been. And yet still falls victim to the same problems every year, the same basketball team that can't hit free throws, the same basketball team that can't defend the same basketball team that relies on basically ISO offense at all times. You want me to talk about that basketball team? Um, I'm not going to because I, I don't watch that basketball team because I know what's going to happen and I don't Alicia, be angry. I am closing out tabs as I, as we're wrapping up the pod here. Mm -hmm. 
and one of the tabs I had open was the ACC all conference teams. Do you know who the ACC all third team tight end is? Was it uh, Malcolm Epps? No. Jake Brininstool. 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 That's a name. I th- I thought Master Boney was the worst <laughs> name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Brininstool. Brininstool. I I would need to go into witness protection. Like I'd find a way to go into witness protection and get a new identity that if is, my um, name was Brininstool. That is that is that is a name. That is certainly a name with like, syllables. Brininstool. Are you like having names. a laugh? <laughs> Brining stool. We got a, a super chat from West Texas Mike. He clearly loved my USC basketball rant. Uh, cheers. Big, Merry big ups to West, West Texas. Texas. He also said he was going to go to Hodad's, just not this weekend. So that's good. Yeah. Might be good to avoid this weekend because we may be busy. Yeah. Hodad's is usually a place where you got to wait outside in line. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Uh, we will be back uh, with a car cast. Thank you guys so much uh, for everything. Um, we could not do this without you guys. Merry Christmas and happy any holiday that you celebrate. Uh, happy Festivus coming up tomorrow and uh, so much more. So until then, we will see ya. See ya. See ya. All right, Jesse. Podcast is over. You didn't even move. It is out, actually. All right, let's try again. All right. See ya. See ya. Oh, there she goes. Now she knows. All right. See ya, bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.